Greetings and welcome to Stamper Cinema. With me today, I'm really, really excited. So I've done a couple episodes and I've, I've introduced you to a couple friends of mine, a brother of mine, but this is the first time I've inter- uh, interviewed somebody that used to be my employer. So without further ado, I want to introduce you, my friend, yeah, my, my previous boss, but again, one of, my, one of my dear, dear friends, Mr. Joe Fago. How's it going, man? Hey, Stamper. It's going really good. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, dude. Are you kidding? Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled. Like, this is crazy. Well, like, you're thrilled be- and I'm flattered. So thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, so Stamper talks about how uh, I used to have the occupation of his boss. But let me, let me, let me set the record straight. Uh, this was just a humble kid from California who got to hang out with a really amazing guy from uh well in island of all places super super excited to be here i love talking about movies and just hanging out with old friends so yeah really really honored uh super cool yeah uh so obviously a lot has happened i left uh for the listeners joe fago he lives in austin texas he's from california originally in the bay area but in the past four years he's living in austin I left that area January of 2019, so we're looking like a year and a half that has gone by. How's everything been? What you know? What's new in in my town? What you know? Austin just has not been the same since the Stampers <laughs> left. Um, you know, it's 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 been known as a city who uh, is different and unique and full of culture and life. And ever since Andrew and Catherine and Baby Elliot Reese left. It's just been devoid of all that. It, it might as well be Orange County. It's just a shithole. Uh, no, it, uh, things have been uh, things have been very Austonian. Um, COVID has occurred, and Austin yeah. is being as mindful as it can through all of it. Uh, what Andrew and I don't share with you guys, but we will now, is you know we had our first children uh, just months apart, right? Mm-hmm. So baby Joe and, and, and baby Elliot Reese, uh, these little guys and gals, and they changed our lives. And mm-hmm. so uh, that, I think that's maybe one of the reasons why uh, Stamper and I connected so well is because we're, we're on very similar timelines as far as what we get to experience in this crazy little world. And we've both been really, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, blessed uh, to, to live in Austin, Texas. Like what a cool city. I, so people so say, cool. hey, what's, what, 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 tell me about Austin. What's the deal? Why is it so great? And Breakfast tacos. Breakfast tacos and real estate looks like a fire sale from everybody from New York, Colorado, and San Francisco. Uh, essentially, Austin has just got some of the most remarkable people that you'll ever meet. They're just kind and, and fun and welcoming and interesting and um that's, I think, what Jessica and I really fall in love with. And, you know, you'll, you'll get to meet Stampers, and, and they'll move. Uh, but if you're lucky, you still get to hang out and sleep in their guest room. So, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, like, for, for me, like, the worst the worst thing of COVID is the fact 2020 has sucked. <laughs> um, Dude. Uh, yeah, haven't been, haven't been able to come back come back to Austin. It took me it took me well into my 30s before I found a city and granted the weather sucks like 9 months out of the year it's it's 145 degrees right but right. but dude well 
I, I remember something you'd tell me on some of your, uh, you know, roughest days, uh, and we'd just be talking. And dude, I mean, ultimately, look out the window. Like that's my view. It's not that bad. Like I, 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 I think of that all the time. Like Stamper really could appreciate, even in the worst of times. Yeah, things are yeah. pretty great out here. Yeah, and then and then and then who else but Daryl Philbin in the office? Uh, well, the office sitcom uh, is 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 moving to Austin with Athlete, and you know they do like a quick little snippet of uh, what is it? Jim asks him like, hey, "So what's Austin like?" And he goes, "Man, it's hot. The music is good. The breakfast tacos are bomb." And I'm like, oh, I live there now, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's it's an amazing thing, uh, and I don't want to turn the entire thing into a giant like, "Yay, Austin." Because no, Austin is right. terrible, and you 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 don't need to move. Uh, I hear I yeah, hear no. wonderful things about Dallas. <laughs> so bougie, yeah. But Austin, the the six approximately six years that I lived there were some of the best times I had, and I did. I met some amazing people, and the Fagos, Joe, his wife Jessica, and then recently, you know, baby Joe. Well, shit, he's not even a baby anymore. I was talking to Joe earlier before this, and. <laughs> Uh, Joseph Kean is, I, I swear, he's hes working on cars in the garage. The kid's about to be three years old and, like, super smart. So He's a funny dude. You've got another baby on the way, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> he, uh, so we believe that we have a name. Uh, we're going to go with my favorite uh, whiskey, uh, Jameson. Ooh. And, yeah, yeah. It, you know... I never, I never thought that being an eighth Irish would give me so much namesake skill, but it it has. Uh, I proposed to Jessica in Ireland, and somehow that just stuck. So yeah, uh, Joseph Kean and uh, Jameson Finn is what we're going to go with for number two. And oh, man. apparently, you're, you're doubling down on the Irish oh, with that oh. one. Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, whatever. Uh, no, I, so, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Jessica's super funny. We have a. Uh, a terrible health plan and so our out of pocket is just garbage uh and so she's been coordinating with her ob to make sure that uh jameson jamie as we like to call him will be born a couple of days before new year's because his current uh due date is uh 12 whatever 30 or 31 however many days there are in december Thirty-one. Uh, we don't want to double the copay, so yeah, thirty-one. <laughs> so we're gonna push little. We're gonna push little Jamie out on like the day after Christmas, and hopefully not inherit the seventy-five hundred dollars copay in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty-one. So yeah, that's uh, Asian economics for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Joe, I, I can't, I can't, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention like. You've been you've been hitting the gym or what's going on, man? You're you're looking you're looking a little jacked right now. Thank you. Yeah. Uh season three of South Park would feature Eric Cartman saying beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm feeling very I'm feeling very beefy right now. Um this is just a really good angle. I've worked on the lighting. Uh <laughs> it's it's bad, dude. Like I've I've truly put on fifteen pounds that I just cannot escape. And they show up on the scale, but with the right angle, it, as long as I don't show up looking like Steven Seagal, I'm okay. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Steven Seagal film? 
Uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, the one where they're on the train. I can't remember. <laughs> like, I on the train. I, I remember a train, and there's just so many. But I think that, so for me, Steven Seagal actually was one of the many action hero martial arts actors that you would choose at Blockbuster. So for me, it went Jackie Chan, Steven Seagal, Jet Li, and then, you know, you'd splish splash in some Arnold Schwarzenegger here and there. Yeah, but uh, for those that can't remember this, Steven Seagal used to be a relatively tall and skinny man, and now Tom Segura, the comedian, tells us who Steven Seagal really is, and it's pretty depressing. Apparently, he's a police officer. Wait, uh, Seagal is a police officer? Is that what you're saying? Like in yeah, real life? Yeah, apparently Steven Seagal is a real life police officer of some kind or some kind of marshal or has some kind of like bail bondsman like like credentials and he just is bringing havoc on the public. It's it's bad. Interesting. Well, shit. Yeah. No, I, I never heard that. Two things yeah. when I think of Steven Seagal. I think of, I want to say the movie is hard to kill, but that might not be right. But essentially, he he was in a coma for like seven years. And sounds right. Yeah, he was in it. And uh, I think like the actor William Sadler, who uh, was in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey as uh, the director. Yes. Right. Yes. And it's like yes. You, you could take that to the bank, and then like Stephen <laughs> Stephen Seagal's line is like, "I'm gonna take you to the bank, the blood bank." Oh my <laughs> God. So good. So good. So that's one thing. The other thing I think uh, the other thing I think of is a fellow Bermudian, um, uh, an old acquaintance of mine. His name is Daniel Frith. He's a reggae singer. Does kind of a tenacious D type thing. And uh, his his character is Uziman, and he has a, a great reggae song called Steven Seagal. That's freaking sweet. It's so good. It's so good. And uh, But yeah, those are the two things I think of when I think of Steven Seagal. And you know what both of those things have in common? I think Babe. I think, I think Babe is a novel <laughs> segue to Steven Seagal. Because when I think Steven Seagal, I think Cromwell all day long <laughs> right yeah absolutely yeah Steven Seagal James Cromwell boom natural correlation absolutely I love it uh, yeah. so well, okay so uh, Mr. Stamper my dear friend said Joe I want to talk movies and tell me about a movie that you enjoyed and I love movies and I, I can't help but think of something a little different because I'm a little different I I've always, from the first time I've ever seen it, enjoyed and loved the movie Babe. And I, Stamper, I'm sure you can tell them more about it. Uh, but it's just, I'm still trying to figure out why I love it so much. But I just do. Yeah. I mean, if that is your answer, this interview is going to go to shit because the first question I have is, so, so why Babe? Like what? Right. <laughs> well, I, I can't, I can't answer that. So I, I love the movie babe because number one, I've always thought that animals can talk. Like this is just something that has been a part of my life. So anybody, anybody that knows that is me. Totally crazy, rational. Like right, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't start drinking alcohol until I was like 14. I mean, uh, no, but so, all right. So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, Stamper and I are obviously lovers of dogs who those, uh, those of you who know us. And so since the dawn of my time, 
every dog that I've ever had has had a voice in my head, like an internal voice. Yeah. Of course, I I, I vocalize that voice for the public uh, <laughs> outwardly so that they can appreciate it. And so, I mean, from God, it's it's so funny to say, but so my current I have three dogs in the house. Uh, Woody, Lily, and Fiona, and they all have voices. <laughs> and and I've got dogs that have come and passed, Cedar and Fiona, and they have uh, voice, or excuse me, Cedar and Lucy, and they have voices of their own. And I think what's funny is that even the people that uh, screw up and fall in love with me and, you know, get to know me intimately, well, they hear those voices. They hear them so often that they don't even question it. Like I've got college roommates, Stamper, who are just they're they're they've they've lost their minds, right? Because <laughs> I actually had I, I I brought my dogs to college with me, and so you know I do their voices. Uh, and uh, eventually, so when you say that you're doing their voices, anymore. like they would they would like interact with you. You be, you you just give them a doggy voice or whatever, right? Yeah, hundred okay. percent. Yeah, like so like someone would walk into the house and. Uh, Lucy would look at them and be, who, who are you? What are you doing? You're like, yeah. just, <laughs> but in Babe, uh, you know, all the animals have, have voices, right? And and so they just, they have such a, uh, a personality to them. And it's so just lovable and sweet that uh, I've, I've thrown Babe on in the living room at least two or three times with uh, Joseph Kean in the house. And he loves it. Like, so the question is, why do you like this movie? I think it's because I see uh, people and personalities and, and animals. And I think that animals are pretty fun to watch. Yeah. I have a hard thing to admit. I, now granted, I had seen bits of this movie. I had never until. 72 hours ago watch this movie from credit to credit what'd you think uh, yeah dude it's a really really heartwarming film and, it really is and but it's also not it doesn't it doesn't feel like it panders to adults like at no. all you know there, no. There's, no. There, there's some things that you, you can take away as an adult and enjoy still as a kid you know, we'll talk about that, you know, when it comes to movies like Shrek or, you know, uh, animation. Sure. But this one did it a little bit differently. It was made at a different time, yeah. too. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Was it 98 or something? I can't, I don't know. But I think, I think my notes had 95, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, mid to late 90s. Yeah. It's a different world, dude. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and I'm, I'm dumbfounded. And I, I, I really, I, I know it's going to come back two or three times in this podcast, so I apologize. But I'm dumbfounded that it took me this long to actually watch it because I knew that Border Collies had a strong like prevalence in this film. Right. And for those that do or don't know me, I, uh, I had a Border Collie for almost 17 years. Uh, named Murphy, and I was inspired by having a border collie because I worked in when I was a teenager. I worked in a jewelry store, and the owner had a border collie, and he was inspired by having a border collie because he saw down and out in Beverly Hills, and yeah, and as a result of it, like uh, border collies in history have been really, really good film actors. Um, damn right. It, well, they're smart. 
Yeah. yeah, super, super, super smart dogs. And in this film, they had they had two of them. They had Rex and Fly, and both of those dogs were just just so great. And just, yeah. yeah, yeah. And no, th- there wasn't a single scene that went by where. I wasn't having like a little moment also to myself, like, oh God, I miss my dog. I I felt bad, Stamper. Like I, in a moment, I think that I never just, I just didn't consider Murphy in the selection of this film. I also don't feel bad because I think it's a, a wonderful film and, and Murphy was a, <laughs> a beautiful dog. But uh, yeah, live, I'll admit that, God, I just did not connect those two concepts. And oh, yet please. they were yeah, there. No. So how, how great is that? Uh, not to mention the voice. You're right, by the way, 1995. I'm IMDBing on my right hand as you speak. But um, vo- the voiceover work was really good. Like, um, who is it? Uh well, obviously, you've got Cromwell who didn't do a voiceover, uh, but Hugo Weaving. None other than our, none other than our man, uh, Agent Smith, <laughs> or Lord Elrond, uh, <laughs> that does the voiceover work for the dominant male sheepdog. Like, yeah. holy shoot, man, that's so good. It and it really was good. That, that, yeah. that, that's the other thing that I think that we forget about is uh, voiceover characters and how wonderful they can be. When I think of other movies that, that I just really enjoy, both the movie and the voiceover work, I think of like Spirited Away or Princess Mononoke, where they just brought in a lot of these different actors and actresses from different countries who, mm-hmm. you know, we can all appreciate. For me, it was really Princess Mononoke, where, where they've got uh, yeah, Gillian Anderson doing the voice of a wolf from yeah, X Files. Like, holy crap, dude. Anyway, but back to Babe, like, Oh, just so many cool things. And, and, and you know why I think Babe is such a, a neat movie to think about is it's been picked up and made fun of by so many modern satirists. So you, you'll, you'll hear Babe references in Family Guy episodes. Uh, you'll, you'll hear Babe references in, um, I believe, Simpsons episodes. I guess, like, how do you know that you've kind of made it is when... Um, prime time starts making fun of you like i i know for a fact peter griffith has said that'll do pig that'll do to meg <laughs> like it's so good i just referenced without even thinking about it, i just referenced uh shrek and shrek does that'll do donkey that'll do and mm-hmm. he, he's totally That's babe <laughs> yeah totally referencing babe yeah I, uh, what was it? So I also, I don't know when I saw Babe for the first time, but I, I definitely know that I saw it, uh, or that I had shared what I had seen with my peers at that time. And one of my oldest buddies in the world is, uh, my, my man, Sean Haslack, who now lives in Colorado. Uh, and I never knew what the hell those mice were singing about. Because their voices in uh, so anyway in the movie Babe, they they read they read the story like chapters, right? And so as they move into the next chapter, there's these little field mice who are always singing. And I remember, uh, 
I just drunkenly reminiscing about when the mice are singing blue moon um, and I never knew what they were saying until I like slowed it down and paid attention and it's like blue moon I saw you standing alone and I always thought they were just saying like toodaloo you had never heard blue I didn't moon. understand what was happening I that was my introduction to blue moon like literally like that set me on a path to understand what I was hearing and so uh just so good (laughs) yeah um i'm i'm thrilled to go ahead and mention that this is the second joe versus a volcano reference i'm going to make in just four episodes of this podcast but my first time ever hearing blue moon was on joe versus a volcano and it's just Tom Hanks and it, everybody's gone. And there was like this okay. like nighttime like sequence and it's blue moon, but yeah. So yeah, listen to this podcast. Cause I will reference Joe versus volcano at least once every other episode. You should. Can I tell you my one of many Tom Hanks stories? Oh, please, please. All right. All right. <laughs> so I went to college at UC San Diego and uh, I lived there in a hockey house. I, I play hockey. Uh, we called it Cord Lane because that's the address. Anyway, so we're drinking in the living room and it's me and a couple of our college buddies. And uh, I, I don't know where my little brother is. And the reason that's important to the story is because he was the person who was paying for the cable bill. And so Robin is out and about. It's, it's probably one in the afternoon. We should all be in school and Robin's the only one in school. He's a computer science major. We're all idiots. Anyway, so I want to watch something on HBO and I call our internet provider and I'm like, yeah, I want HBO. And they go, well, who am I speaking with? And I go, I'm, I, I'm drinking too. I'm Robin Fago. You know, they go, okay, well, what's your password? And I'm like, I don't know my password. And they go, well, can I ask you a couple of uh, security questions? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> and they go, what's your favorite actor? Tom Hanks. I just take a, a stab in the dark because who doesn't like Tom Hanks? Well, you know what? That was the fucking answer. And so they thought I was Robin and I upgraded the, the college. I upgraded the college house to like the full HBO package. We paid two forty a month and we got every fucking channel and we split it five ways. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. And, That's awesome. And they're also we're also lazy. We never switched it back. So we just fucking just enjoyed movies. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, obviously I want to talk about Babe, but what is your favorite Tom Hanks film? I don't have a favorite, but I can tell you just off the top of my head, the ones that affected me the most, the ones that I probably walked through my day and just somehow see a relation with uh, Saving Private Ryan, Green Mile. Yeah, yeah. Big. And, um, you know, I really loved The Terminal. I I loved The Terminal. I I loved him playing a foreign person in an airport and just making people's hearts grow. Did you know that movie is loosely, loosely, very, very loosely, but loosely based on a true story? No. Yeah, so evidently... And I'm I'm doing this all from memory. So, and no, that's the other thing is generally speaking, when I do this podcast, I, I'm, I'm randomly pulling this shit from my head. I'll be like, oh, I've got it in my notes. 
this this sears my notes i'm full of shit when i'm saying i've got my notes it's in my head um so my notes are my brain that's that's the level of like nerd that i am so evidently it was based on this guy that apparently and i don't know how long it was but this guy lived in charles de gaulle in france for a while and there was I don't know if he was a little mentally imbalanced or whatnot, but there was this guy that lived in the airport in France for X amount of time. And the whole idea of the terminal was inspired by this guy that, that lived in the terminal of Charles de Gaulle in France. I can buy that. Yeah. 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 That I just, I don't know. There's just something sweet about it. And the conversation that happens. And I know that, I don't know. Uh, what What is it? The other thing that I just love is the, the Tom Hanks meme where it's just T. Hanks. Hanks. Yeah. Right? Hanks. The guy just it seems like the the real McCoy, you know, like the real article. Yeah. I will be yeah. broken hearted one day if we find out that he isn't as amazing as he appears to be. But what I will also say, and not that it rem- remotely matters at all, is, and this is also another thing that makes him so cool. And maybe he has press people or whatever, but I can't remember what had happened. But I either like commented on a tweet he made or or something and he wrote back and i'm like all right yeah yeah yeah. done i'm done i'm like this is it i I need nothing more that's the kind of guy that he shows himself to be like he acknowledges average kids like us um so i i don't know if i showed you this uh so stamper knows that my my taste in music is just I wouldn't say it's awful because people can enjoy music because they enjoy it. But I'm a 14 year old girl. I love just (laughs) happy lollipop pop music. And so I love Carly Rae Jepsen and one of her music videos called I really love you or I really, really, really love you is nothing more than Tom Hanks waking up and walking around New York City. It's so good, dude. Um, he just he gets up out of bre- like out of bed and he's like brushing his teeth and like the music is playing on in the background. And, and he, it's just he, him. he's in the video. Oh, he is the video. It's it's so good, dude. Like we'll uh, we'll send a I don't know an attachment or something, but it's just Tom Hanks walking around. It's a three minute video at tops, and he's just doing his thing brushing his teeth, high-fiving people as he's walking to work, and then he breaks out into song and dance with Carly, Carly Rae Jepsen. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> it's not like found, like, it's not like stock footage of him. It's actually, he's knowingly doing this. 100%, yeah. Oh, wow. I've got I, a I feeling. I have to see this. I have to see it's it. Really, <laughs> it's really good. I've got a feeling, and I, I have nothing to, to, to back this up with, but I've just got a feeling that Tom Hanks probably likes her music and said, you know, I'll shoot a video for you, whatever. What do you want yeah. me to do? Yeah. <laughs> it, Dude, it's that's so awesome, good. man. That's... <laughs> yeah. Now, Car- she was the one... Oh shit! This is where I'm. This is where I'm horrible. So I'm Canadian, really Canadian pop singer. Call me maybe. Call me maybe. Okay. Call me. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's how mm-hmm. most people would remember her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like. I knew the name. I'm like, was she the kiss oh, the girl? Sure. But no, that's the other. 
That's Katie Perry. That's just it, man. See, like I, you're I, I in my, know you're in my world now, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> With things that make you happy, like that's kind of what Babe is for me. One hundred percent. It's a it's a happy movie. Like you hadn't seen it from front to back, but then, you know, in preparation for this conversation, watched it and you, you watched that with Elliot, right? I mean, I it's fun. It's cute. It's sweet. Uh, this is important. This is important for anybody that has a kid that knows this and has ever had a kid as a toddler, 42 minutes uninterrupted, 42 minutes. She watched it without saying, Hey, I want to do something else. She was down for 42 <laughs> minutes. That's yep. pretty good, dude. It's captivating, right? Ba ram you. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Okay. So here's, here's, I was trying to remember all the little stupid ways that Babe had just infiltrated the world. All right. So for any of the computer gaming nerds, there was a game called World of Warcraft. Not the one that you're thinking about. Not WoW, but actually it was just called Warcraft. That's an RPG on a computer where, you know, you would have elves and whatever. Blah, 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 blah. There were sheep. And you could kill the sheep. <laughs> and if you double-clicked on the sheep enough times, you'd bother them. And the sheep would respond to you. And I swear to you, the producers at Blizzard, this is the production group that made Warcraft, <laughs> the sheep would say, bah, ram you. I swear to God. Like, like I used to play a craft on like old Macintoshes and shit. Babe influenced us. It, 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 it had a place in our hearts. That's awesome. <laughs> no, a great white. I like, like what did I, I, I'm remembering all the things that uh, the, they said in the movie, but what is it? Uh, Fly is asking babe, what did your mother call you? Uh, and, and, she goes, or uh, Babe goes, well, he, she called us all Babe. Um, but before that, he answers a great white, which is the breed of pig. Even my little brother, Robin, raised pigs uh, in FFA in high school. And uh, his pig's name was Miss Jangles, which obviously is not a Babe reference. It's actually a Green Mile reference uh, from... The Tom Hanks film Green Mile, where the little mouse's name was Mr. Jangles, but he oh, named okay. his I was pig. Like, there wasn't a pig. Miss, in, okay. Help, just a little mouse. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just funny how film and movies that we watch as kids kind of construct the way we see things yeah, or the totally. connections that we make. And yeah. that's why I think. Um, Conversations like this are so much fun because they remind you of, of who you were a long time ago, you know, before you came became this person. And as, as happy as I am to be me, and, and I'm sure, Stamper, you are to be you, uh, you know, we haven't gotten through this world unscathed. Uh, we're a little more jaded and, and maybe a little bit more uh, protectionist of ourselves. But as kids, man, we just... We just soaked it all up, you know, like, and that's what's cool to to connect around film, because I think that people that connect around film, their, their uh, resistance is is lower. They're a little bit more vulnerable and open and and they're able to connect with each other in a a way that's, I don't know, uh, without getting super deep. But the fuck ever, I'll do it. It, it. It's closer to the soul, you know. It's it's a little bit closer to who you are. Yeah, that 
So you know what? You asked me a question about 30 minutes ago, and that's that's my answer is that's why I chose Babe. Because <laughs> <laughs> fucking fucking soul shit right there, man. <laughs> Dude, I love it, man. That that's that's uh that's that's a great answer, man. I, I support it. There you go. Uh, <laughs> random put you on the spot. Top five sure. favorite favorite pig uh actors. Well, you know, Mel Gibson <laughs> is a piece of shit pig. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> oh my god, what a like I uh, I can't get into how horrible of a human being that guy is. Horrible. But holy (laughs) shit, some of my favorite films, he's in it, and I love him. Oh, my God, are you kidding me? Maverick? Love Maverick. So good. 1995, Braveheart won multiple Academy Awards. Yeah, Braveheart, yeah. Uh, There's a South Park episode somewhere in the early seasons where they are just ripping on Mel Gibson. And one of the characters in the sh- in the episode says, "Say what you want about Mel Gibson, but God damn it, does he know plot structure?" <laughs> and uh, Mel Gibson, it, <laughs> I think Butters and Stan are just trying oh, to get him. It was to, a Butters episode. <laughs> I, I think it was. I think they were trying to get him to just. They didn't like the movie The Passion of the Christ. And they wanted to get their money back. <laughs> and so oh. they go to the Mel Gibson mansion and they ask for their money back. And they're like, hey, we don't like your movie. And, and Gibson can't get his head around this and just proceeds to be a complete asshole. Uh, so, yeah, that's the depth of my political correctness is Matt and Trey Parker from South Park. <laughs> hey, I, I, they, they've got a good like finger on the pulse on on on, on good shit like that. So, yeah. They really yeah. have. I think, if my memory serves correctly, that they've got twenty-four seasons on their under their belts. Yeah. And right now, HBO Max They're actually all has all on HBO Max. All of them. It's so good. Oh my god. And and what's crazy? I mean, I'm I'm thirty-seven this year, and so you know, South Park has been in my life for a majority of my life. Yeah. And what's crazy is with things like South Park and The Simpsons, for instance, is that you and I can watch those shows if we've seen them pretty much through our whole lives. And it's like the rings of a fucking tree. I mean, you, we can watch those episodes and remember a little bit about who we were when we saw them, which yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Just, just incredible. Uh, Simpsons too. I mean, God, I was watching a few episodes of The Simpsons the other day. Just because I, I, I'm crazy. I like white noise. I, I just need something on in the background, even when I'm eating. You know, but they just it brings up so many cool memories, right? Yeah. Of being whatever age I was, and uh, it, it, it's it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Totally. Uh, the Simpsons for me personally, shit, when that show, like I still remember when it was a. Tracy like, Ullman snip yeah, away. It, it, it was just, yeah, it was a snip away. That's, that's exactly yeah. what it was. You know, it, it was just like this little like fluffer between an act break on the Tracy Ullman show. And I watched it then. And I remember Simpsons roasting over an open fire when I was like nine years old or whatever. And dude, yeah. Do you remember what Tracy Ullman used to say to her audience when she closed out every show? 
No, no, I don't. I, I don't remember. She'd get on the front of stage and she'd say, go home. Yeah. Go home. That was her closer. Like, oh, fuck, dude. What what a treasure. I loved I loved the Tracy Ullman show. And I loved when she did Tracy and just different versions of whatever she would do. Uh, just just a great, great talent. But yeah, the, the introduction to to The Simpsons right there was uh, the Tracy the Ullman same, show. The same for me, too. So the Tracy Ullman's, the, the late night um, uh, hosts and hostesses of the world, like they have just become my lens. Like I got granted, I didn't spend a lot of time uh, paying attention. Well, anyway, my, for, for me, my late night folks, is have just been. John Stewart and Steve Colbert, you know, and now it's Trevor Noah. Like, I just, I love that. I love their, their take on things, their influence. I think I used to, I mean, I'm. Did you ever watch Craigers when he was uh, the original host? Yeah. I, I certainly did. Yeah. That, that was a while. Yeah. I feel that guy doesn't get enough play. People always talk about John Stewart and everybody else on the Daily Show. He cast but- a big shadow. Yeah. 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 I mean, he yeah. started with ESPN and like Sports Center did The Daily Show. And, um, but I think he was only on The Daily Show for a couple of seasons. But yeah, it's like Craig Kilborn has been three completely, years. like completely forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember uh, Talk Soup with Skunk Boy? Oh, because he had like the, yeah, the little, like, yeah, like, like, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, the Cruella DeVille. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Who is that guy? But, I, I I can't. His name doesn't pop into my head straight away. But I want to say I want to say the original host of that show. Maybe he wasn't the original host. We'll but never the, replaced him. Yeah. But the um, Little Miss Sunshine, uh, Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear was on. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Greg I Kinnear. I love Greg Kinnear. Dude, I mean, as one incredible. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm checking my notes right now, but I want to say that Greg Kinnear was the original. I don't, I don't see that he was in Babe, but yeah, he was good. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I mean, that's what it comes down to. Like, we, we've been so... <sighs> so I do think about the fact that we're getting older, Stamper, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's I'm scary not. though, but I, people don't perceive us as young. <laughs> I know yeah. that we think we are, but it's anywho. Um, but so think of like every, uh, actor or character that we've consumed and made a part of our lives and the way that we've been able to consume them. So for, I'll give you a, for instance, I, I love Steve Colbert. I love that he's a satirist. I love that he plays a character of Steve Colbert, right? Uh, and yet, I love when he makes it really obvious when he just jumps out of character. And, and there's this little uh, flip that he did, a sad day, I think it was four or five years ago, when his mom died. And he just opened his show by talking about her. And I, I, I tell you, there's not a year that goes by where I just don't watch that four or five minute clip where he talks about his mom. And I just, we're so lucky that we live in a world where we can remember something like that and just watch it again. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, 
you know, we're, we're going to talk about babe and, and you know, you and the rest of the world have the ability to go, okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to watch babe. Like I don't have to go down anywhere. I don't have to source anything. Like it's going to happen in minutes. And so we have this instant access to things that our, our minds don't have to remember necessarily yet. The hardest part of what we have to remember is to remember, right? Mm -hmm. To remember the movie or the feeling or the emotion. And so we're so lucky in that respect to be, to be able to pull up that, those emotions and attach them to a movie or a time or a place, or even, I mean, dude, you're recording this conversation. You and I can go 25 years and then watch the freaking conversation. Yeah. Like our dads couldn't do that. It's it's a pretty remarkable world that we live in and our kids. Oh my god. I mean, Elliot's held a cell phone, right? Uh yeah, uh at least 17 times today. Yeah. Right, right. And and so is Joseph Keen, right? Like they just I watch them and he comes up to me and tells me things that he's figured out. I'm blown away. I'm just like, how did you figure that out? Right? Like I had to watch a YouTube video for 17 minutes on how to do that shit. And you inherently just kind of, it made sense to you because Steve jobs is running your fucking mind from the grave, but (laughs) it makes, it makes me wonder, but it also makes me super hopeful because I hope that there's more time to, to spend for our kids and even ourselves to do things that we we think kind of matters and it's important or at least be to be happy for the love of God. And then we have to spend less time just kind of doing the little chores that are required to free up our time. Yeah. And so, you know, ultimately that's what the movie babe taught me. (laughs) 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 Natural, natural segue. I love it. That's, that's that's the thesis of the movie. Weren't you guys all paying attention? Didn't you see that? (laughs) Like he made the gate work better through technology motherfucker. So (laughs) it's true. It's true. Farmer would have killed any animal trying to go through. Yeah, Yeah. 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 The kids bought him the fax machine and, you know, he learned how to use the fax machine and the little girl couldn't appreciate the hard work of the dollhouse because fuck that little girl. Yep. Yep. Nailed it. Credits. <laughs> uh, oh my God. It's so good. That's, that's just that's perfect. I can't, I can't stress it enough. So now I'm going to, I'm going to segue into your pop quiz. Sure. <laughs> so one we, yeah, I think we, I think we've talked enough about Babe, but I think we've talked about the, yeah, the bigger, yeah, the bigger picture here. So, question number one: Where was this movie filmed? Uh, let's say Ontario, Los Angeles. I, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> uh, so Australia. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like I think it was like New South Wales. And by the way, and by the way, I think to date. Like two, like the highest score is two. So two out of five. good. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Don't even sweat I'm it. I'm just looking. I'm just looking to be average here, Snapper. Yeah, there I, you uh, go. So if I can get zero to one answers correct, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. And I'm not even cheating. I'm not even looking things up on my cell phone. See, it's blank. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right. Yeah. So obviously, this is a movie about a pig, right? So. And this movie was extremely, extremely well-revered. Shit, 
Uh, maybe I'll use this as a, as question number three, because even right now I'm kind of shooting from the cuff on the questions I'm going to ask, but this movie was extremely popular. So popular that like national, like by national American, American pork sales dropped by. So did like pork sales drop by five? Did it drop by 15? Did it drop by 20? Or did it drop by 25% in overall sales as a result of this movie? So you're saying that pork futures were hurt by this movie. Yes. Therefore, this this movie was a direct attack on American economies. Yes. Ergo, (laughs) (laughs) Babe was funded by Al-Qaeda. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with 20, 20, 20%. Uh, 20% and, is correct. Yeah. 20%, dude. <laughs> so pigs grow extremely quickly, all right? Maybe. I don't know. I'm 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 basing this off of right now I pulled up IMDb for their trivia for this one. I'm very agreeable. So yeah, go ahead. All right. So <laughs> pigs grow so fast, right? So they had to use more than one pig for the shooting of Babe. Of course. So in approximates of 10, how many pigs do they use for this? Oh my goodness. Do they use 10? Do they use 20? Do they use 40? Do they use 50? Anywhere, anywhere in approximate. I was going to go with 10 pigs. 48. Oh my God, they killed so many fucking pigs. <laughs> 48 pigs, man. That's so okay. much bacon. So I, I do have one more. I know you got to wrap this up, but I have one no, pig you're story. No, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, but a, a man of your militaristic background will appreciate this. So once again, my dear friend, Sean Haslack, uh, a former Navy medical doctor who trained at Camp Pendleton, and he was attached to a Marine unit division. Me and Sean used to uh, get together every weekend so he could unplug and chill. And one weekend he explained to me that they had just finished their field training. And so part of their training that weekend or that week, they opened up a giant gate. And when they opened the gate, a hundred little piggies came running out onto the beach. (laughs) And then they shot missiles (laughs) missiles <laughs> into the air and exploded the little piggies no. right I swear, this is what they really did this is the united states government teaching you how to be you know a soldier and so your job as a new navy field medic is to get a piggy and keep it alive whoever keeps their piggy alive the longest wins and so I asked Sean a few follow-up questions, and uh, the longest living piggy lived six, uh, 17 hours, and then the rest all fucking died. <laughs> I was like, why pigs? Like, why did you do this to little piggies? Apparently, a pig, uh, their internal organs are most like human internal organs. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. their heart and their esophagus and their lungs are most like ours. So there you go. Get extra bacon on your cheeseburger. <laughs> It's so heartbreaking, man. Fucking mean, dude. No, I'm just saying we are such a shitty species, man. Oh, so bad. So bad. It's just we have no we have no respect 
for suffering and pain. Yeah. Like, have, have you had an impossible burger? Like they're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they are. So yeah. it's funny that you brought up the impossible burger because <laughs> I, the first, the first time I had one, I went to a basketball game and my wife, she ordered, she's like, Oh, they've got the, the impossible burger or whatever other name it had at that time, because I think there were like five different names for it and I'm eating it. I'm like, Oh, this is great. She's like, yeah. Can you believe that wasn't even like real? I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, it it tasted legit. Fast forward like two and a half years later and I'm at Trader Joe's and they had one and I'm like, Hey, look, it's an impossible burger. Cool. I'll go ahead and make I'll grill up some burgers tonight. So I did that and the burger was fantastic, but I'm throwing away like the, like the wrapping and everything. And, and then I look at like it's fat content and I'm looking at the other aspects of it. And I'm like, not good for you. No, I'm like, I'm like, fuck this. Like if, if I'm going to do this damage, I'm going to, you know, the cow's already dead. I'm just going to eat the cow. I mean, you're not wrong, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if I had to go out and kill every cow for every hamburger I wanted to eat, uh, I would be covered in blood. And I'm just not ready to do that. My my whole philosophy when it comes to eating meat, whether it's a cow, whether it's a chicken, whether it's a uh, a pig, because yeah, at, at, at the end of the day, I do. I feel enormous, enormous guilt for about about 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my my I. I, I tend to want to believe that Temple Grandin has played a part. Life is cruel. It doesn't have to be. If we can make the last moments of these animals' lives some type of humane, perfect. And am I wrong? Probably. But that's just that's that's my that's No, no, no. Thank God, thank God for Claire Danes. That's all I have to say. Right. Well, yeah. God bless Claire Danes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like, I, I throw it out, I'm t- yeah, throwing out Temple Grandin like I know Temple yeah. Grandin. No, I watched that because of Claire Danes. Because yeah. since I was 15 years old, my so-called life, everything that she has ever done, that's that's my gal. That's 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 my gal. I love me. Claire, Claire Danes is my female Tom Hanks. She's on my list. That's I like her. Yeah. Well, who, yeah, who do you like? For like acting? Yeah, who's your favorite actor and actress? And I know oh, it's tough, Jesus. but if you guys had yeah. to whip it out. Oh, God. Um, alive. Alive. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. So I think that any list, it has to start and end simply in reality. It, it ha- I mean, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, period, Street's is the, the greatest actor male or female period and yeah, so she, yeah, yeah. she's my number one if you were saying what's the best actor yeah it's it's meryl what movie do you associate her with i know there's many but one <laughs> it's so funny uh maybe it's not funny at all but when i think of meryl don't say Street, a river wild no no i don't okay. but i i do enjoy that but that that's that's a kevin bacon movie are you kidding me <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It uh, it's so funny. Death becomes her. It's oh, so life. good, dude! It's so good. I literally passed it last night as I was, I was picking a movie. Like I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, I remember that." Yeah, it's so good. Well, yeah, I could, you know, I could, I could throw out Kramer versus Kramer. I could throw out ah, sure. uh, a Dingo ate your baby. You know, I could throw out anything, right? Oh, Death becomes uh, her though. Is yeah, but Death becomes her. Oh. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> so good, but no, she's. I think 
the, the, the finest actor living or dead, but sure. from a male perspective, my guy, um, just because of the fact that one, I think he's dreamy and I wish, I wish I had an ounce of his charm, but it's Ewan McGregor. Oh, he's, ah, I, <laughs> I watched, uh, his movie, a movie of him last night where he played, uh, the shining sequel. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Sleep. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it was okay. I, for me, Ian McGregor is always train spotting. I yep. just, oh, God, so yep. good. Yep. But yeah, no, and that was okay. Uh, Dr. Sleep was okay. It was a little different, but interesting. At least I, I loved it. And I, I encourage you to watch it again because it is a film that increases with you, viewing. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's good. And I love I love uh, the director of that movie. He mm. he's just so good, and what he has done with uh, Stephen King adaptations, and what he has done with even his own exploring of, of horror films. He, he's the guy that did Hush, and he did Oculus. And oh, really? I like yeah. Oculus. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Jessica's interesting as uh, wholesome and sweet as she is. She loves thriller and horror movies that's just her jam and uh so whenever i can i I try to put one on for us and that was what we watched but holy cow yeah that's that movie and i i I know we're going over right now so thank you very much for sticking around for a couple extra minutes but yeah no no like dr sleep i enjoyed i i enjoyed the movie because i i loved what michael flanagan or mike flanagan did with that film was Mm -hmm. I think he pleased those people that love The Shining and he pleased Stephen King. And Stephen King yeah. hates the movie The Shining. He hates it. Really? He, I because, that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So The Shining. Yeah. No, I do too. But no. it was not. So the Steve. So. Steve, Stephen King's The Shining is probably his most personal story. He was dealing with his own demons of alcoholism. He's a writer. Uh, it, oh. it was toward the his earlier stage where he was becoming somebody really, really big and important within mm-hmm. literature. But that movie was something very, very important to him. And Stanley Kubrick painted that movie with like his own brush. And... Mm-hmm. The book and the film are completely different. Like yeah, I've the, never the, read the book. Yeah, it, and it's a brilliant book, and it's a brilliant film, and they're both equally brilliant in their own ways. So Mike Flanagan, uh, the filmmaker that did Hush and did Oculus and did shit, I'm forgetting a couple other films, uh, Doctor Sleep, for example, but he he did a couple other things and. He was tasked with, all right, I'm making a sequel to The Shining. One, one of the most revered horror films ever made. And two, also the most personal story to Stephen King. How am I going to please? How am I going to please both? And I think knowing that gives me a greater affinity and an appreciation for that film. And maybe, and maybe now, like when you'll go back and you'll be like if if you research anything like i think there were at one point in time and i could be full of shit yeah. i want to say there was a time frame where like stephen king was legally prohibited from like voicing his own opinions about stanley kubrick's the shining 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that might be, like I said, it might be exaggerating, but Mike Flanagan, brilliant. This all goes back to Hugh McGregor and Hugh McGregor, I thought did great. Uh, Danny Torrance, uh, a grown up, but yeah, train spotting, fantastic. And everything else that Hugh McGregor has ever done. He had me from the first time he ever did the movie Shallow Grave, which if you've never seen the movie, see that movie and listeners watch the movie Shallow Grave. It was like his first. I have it down. Yeah, yeah, it preceded Train Spotting, also a Danny Boyle film. So Danny Boyle that did Train Spotting and did Slumdog Millionaire and did Twenty Eight or Seven Twenty Eight Days Later. No, not yeah, Twenty Eight Days Later. But then the yeah. hours later that he that mm. uh, yeah. So anyway, long hey, story back short, Doctor Sleep. Super quick though, what I really loved about it, it was in the early uh, clips because I've always loved the fragility of Danny's mom. I, I just thought, like, uh, in The Shining, she was just in... I remember the first time I saw it, like, I was younger, and I just didn't... I don't know, for whatever reason, it bothered me. The same way that when I found out that Arnold Schwarzenegger had a real accent, like, it just bothered me. I didn't <laughs> like it. Right? Like, I literally just didn't... Like, I was like, I don't like this. But the, the way she was so frail, and the way she talked, and she was almost out of breath with every word in the original Shining movie... And then I was looking for that in the portrayal of uh, the mother character in Dr. Sleep. And I remember in the first couple of scenes, I didn't get that. And then she started speaking a little more and whoever the actress was started uh, kind of really paying attention to that. And I was like, fuck, dude, this is really good. Like mm-hmm. it was, they gave really good credit to the actors and actresses who had once played those parts, even though yeah. I know that they couldn't recast them. In fact, yeah. um, the man who played uh, the black man who also had the shining, who got axed in the back. Yeah. I, I don't remember, but I remember him. And then I saw who they, they casted him with. Oh, he was perfect. It was brilliant. In fact, yeah. he was in Watchmen, which is also, we should just do this shit again next week. Cause that was fucking incredible. <laughs> like, Joe, you're always welcome. Always. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, I'll shut up. But yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah. Just, we're so lucky to have so much great media to choose from. Yeah. I, I feel like I owe a little bit to Shelly Duvall because I did a, a shining podcast with a buddy of mine, maybe a year and a half ago. And I don't, I don't know if I was unfair to Shelly Duvall, but after that podcast, I rewatched it and I gained a greater appreciation for the performance that she put in. And then I also educated myself a little bit more. And Shelley Duvall was put through the fucking ringer in the film. The mother. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was put through the ringer in the filming of the original shining by Stanley Kubrick and learning a little bit about it. I, I think I had said some things like I, I, I really didn't necessarily buy her character. She was annoying or, or something. Mm. I said something that with, with a lens now of really going back and exploring it again, my take was wrong. And Mm. now when I watch it, I was like, shit, no, 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 no. Shelley Duvall was perfect. And she was, <laughs> she, she was unfairly treated. And uh, yeah, just, I, I think she was great. I, I still think that Stanley Kubrick's direction was fantastic. I think Jack Nicholson was as best as he's ever been. And in he was that a movie. young man. I, yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> like, is, she's not related to Robert Duvall, is she? I don't believe so, no. No. Mm. I just remember, I just, there's like, if I had to describe her, I would say frail and loving and sweet and scared. And like, there's just something, even her teeth, like, how can you make your teeth act? But the way she showed her own teeth and the way she spoke and the whispers, like, I, I, I just thought it was incredible. Like, I've, n- who, who have we ever seen look like her or feel like her? I can't think of really anyone. Like, I don't know. No, I, I don't know. I don't That's know. That's why I didn't like her when I first saw her. Like, I was, I was off put by her character, and and yet when I look back on it, I'm like, holy shit! This either you're just being you, or I don't know, whatever it was, but it. It, it, it hit a chord, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, and she would play her just like two or three years later. But for me, whenever I think of Shelley Duvall, and I know that she did like the what what are the what are, what are like the kids' nursery rhymes? Uh, Mother Goose, right? So like Showtime or HBO, like they had a, like a Mother Goose special and she played like Mother Goose, or I'm getting really? the facts wrong on this. Sure, sure. But whenever I think of Shelley Duvall, she has always looked and maybe it's because I saw this movie before I saw The Shining or saw anything else that she ever did, or maybe she just is, but she's always reminded me of olive oil. And she played olive oil literally oh, I, in yeah, like the yeah. 81, 82 movie with Robin Williams. I can see it. The, the, the closest I can say for someone who looks and made me feel like Shelley Duvall was Sissy Spacek in The River with Mel Gibson. Ooh. Like it, just a little bit, you know, like yeah. and that was an old one, too. That was one of Mel's like, shoot, first five, I think. Dude. Mel Gibson, why do you have to be like an anti-Semite? Like, like I, I, I always, like I always want to talk about like Gallipoli with people, and uh-huh. like, dude, like you've seen a good war movie, watch Gallipoli, and it's like a World War World War One film, and it's so good, and he's brilliant, and it's at the early like stage of his career, but then I'm like, no, it has Mel Gibson, and he's a piece of shit human being, yeah. and it's like, you God suck. damn it, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so you didn't necessarily say it, but I'm gonna give you my top five. My t- my my yeah. top five favorite pigs. So I got Ham from Toy uh, Story. Toy Story. Yep. Sure. Yep. Uh, I got Miss Piggy, obviously. Fair, fair. I've got Porky Pig, dude. <laughs> obviously, you're too good. Um, let's see who who are a couple. I know there are a couple more pigs that I can think of. Um, shit. I've got three with, I'm trying to think of five pigs that aren't babe. That's um, tough, dude. Oh, dude. Uh, number four. Well, and again, no particular order. Wilbur, Charlotte's web. Bear. Yep. And I'm going to take, I'm going to take babe because that was like, do I do pig, do I do babe or do piglet? But piglet was a bit of a bitch. No, I'm no. going, I'm going, I'm going babe. <laughs> <laughs> like hot take right there. By the way, Good. you're talking to like the like the OG like Winnie the Pooh like gangster here. That that's that's my jam. Hey. If, like, if somebody ever wants to host a podcast and like what movie do you want to talk about? The many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. You did a really good job, Stamper. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. 
<laughs> so that's that's all I got. I, we we went over a little bit today, and I get, but seriously, thank you. This was so much fun. I really enjoyed been, these conversations, <laughs> and as as have I. I've been looking forward to this for a while. So thank you. Good. All right, Joe. Uh, before we wrap up, any 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 closing thoughts? Or are you good? Uh, I mean, maybe just a quick 30 seconds. Uh, I just would encourage everybody to reconnect with uh, both old and new friends because, you know, this is a conversation I got to have with both of those categories and it makes me feel really good. So if you get a chance to connect with somebody, uh, don't pass it up. It's worth it. Thank you, Stan, for, for having me on. Joe, thank you. I, I couldn't have said it any better. Love you, buddy. Good to hear you. Dude, love you too. Take care of that that absolutely wonderful family that you have. Stay safe and I I can't wait to see you again. Bye.